Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, a bi-weekly podcast where we take a look at one sort of narrative-focused game, give a little bit of a deep dive into it, give our thoughts, and at the end tell you what we thought of it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this week we played Papers, Please. Papers, Please is a game created by a man named Lucas Pope, developed under the name 3909. It was released on August 8th of 2016. That doesn't seem right. Um, hold up. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hold not. It's, that's, <laughs> that's not right. It's 2013. It's 2013. I've been writing dates all day where I go, yeah, 9, 2, 2016. 9, 7, 2016. So just writing the 2016 is natural for me in my natural job position. Hey, Alex, you want to keep this in? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, the game was released for PC, Linux, iOS, and apparently the PlayStation Vita, and you can currently get it for around $10, so check it out. Duncan, do you want to go ahead and give us a little bit about the game? $10 is an estimated price. It's well, about $10. I'm not sure yet. Is that USD? Do we know? Or is that like Canadian dollars? <laughs> Canadian dollars are weak right now. Or strong right now. I forget. I'm out of uh, I have no idea. It, they could be weak or strong, and I wouldn't know any better. Yeah, it's all the same to me. So <clears throat> Dollars. All right. Papers, please. <laughs> Papers, please is a uh, dystopian document thriller. Uh, I think it's the only one of its kind. Uh, I'm going to go through, you know, just like a summary of the mechanics and story so you can get a better understanding of what we're going to be dwelling into before we actually start going deeper and, uh, you know, start talking about the mechanics or anything like that. Uh, so you understand them before. So you play a nameless man with a family of four, uh, a son, uncle, mother-in-law, and wife, who lives in Arstotska, a fictional communist country. Nailed it. For- what? Nailed it. That was good. Nailed it? I Nailed it. Arstotska, you got it. I, I've been worried about this. I've been... <laughs> <laughs> at work today, I literally scrolled through the countries, and I went, Arstotska. Arstotska, Arstotska, and then someone walked by, and they were very confused. <laughs> the beautiful part is you probably practiced it wrong all day, because we have no idea how to say it. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, luckily for you, your name has been pulled for a labor lottery. Um, and what's your job? You have been chosen to become an immigration inspector at, at Greston, a town won by your country, Arstotska, after a six-year war with your neighboring country, uh, Croatia. Croatia? L's after the O, so it's certainly not Croatia. Croatia. Sure. I don't know. I'm not. I'm very white, so I don't know. Croatia. You will be... Um, So you'll be controlling the flow of people entering your country uh, from the neighboring country and other surrounding areas. Um, So let's go over some of your responsibilities you'll be looking at for your new job. It's actually pretty simple. So pretty much what you do is you sit at your desk and you approve or deny a passport based on if it's current and not counterfeit. Well, uh, and then you you have to, then you get entry permits. And you don't have to worry about those because all those have are like an issuing city, another name, another date that you have to check. And then there's these ID tags and those have weight and height limits. But there's also like a worker's pass sometimes that the person's coming in for work. And then before you know it, you're buried neck deep in documents to inspect and ever-changing rules for them. 
The player must inspect the traveler's papers thoroughly to find errors in the documents like wrong dates, names, pictures, issuing cities, or even genders. When you find one of these discrepancies, you point it out to your traveler, and depending on the error, um, it can range from a simple reaction from the traveler as, oh, I forgot I had my passport in my pocket, for you to slamming down your window gate and calling the border guards to detain them. If you were to let someone pass through and they had an error on their document, a citation is given to you explaining what you did wrong. If you gain, another, if you gain enough citations in your day, you receive a reduction on your paycheck. And on top of all this document madness, you also have to manage your money in between days for your family to survive by buying food, heat, medicine, and rent for them, and various other expenses that might come up along the way. And let me give you a little inside scoop. Uh, your job doesn't pay well. <laughs> Not even close. Um, sometimes close. Well, sometimes. It's really up to you. Yeah, it's, I guess so. You also, you also get paid based on how well you did along along the day um so if you like had 10 or you know 14 people usually that's a pretty good paycheck yeah you're the world's first commission-based border guard (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of bizarre that they have this idea yeah i mean it's kind of bizarre that they have this commission-based system in a communist country right i never even thought of that we should hit that up later (laughs) i'm gonna write that shit down right now (laughs) so um There are several different kinds of characters that come through your checkpoint, and uh, there are immigrants seeking a new life in your country, visitors, travelers, and workers. But as you proceed your 9 to 5, you come across smugglers, spies, and terrorists trying to disguise themselves as regulars. As the game progresses, it offers you a lot of opportunities to test your morals and decide to let people through based on what they have to say. Some will offer money bribes, plea, or even flirt their way into Arskotska, but not everyone just wants entry. You begin an interaction with a group called Ezek, a mysterious group that communicates through a hooded messenger man that claims they know what's best for your country and that they can change things by starting a new revolution overthrowing the corrupt leaders of your country. They will ask you to do things from just letting someone through the checkpoint to a full-on murder, putting yourself in jail or even death sentence for their cause. If you'd like to help them out, it's really up to you. A couple other characters you will see along the way are Dimitri, a supervisor for your country and all the checkpoints. He's just kind of like your boss. And then there's an investigator who will pop up every once in a while and kind of, he always freaks me out. Like, like you, it always seems like you don't, you never see him coming. You just open up your window and he's there. And it's uh, great. Yeah. you, You never, I mean, imagine if you were at your job and you just walk into your door and, you know, your manager's just standing there, hands on hips, like, waiting for you. <laughs> Do you think that would freak you out? I mean, that's just good management tactic, right? You got to get the upper hand before the negotiations start. So <laughs> you got to start by surprising them, which I often do by breaking into offices. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> so, um, let's see here. Yeah, and uh, so the investigator, that's another character. And there's a couple other regulars that go through your checkpoint, but no one worth mentioning right now. Uh, the whole game is, out for the gameplay, it's all played on a desk. So you just have this view of your desk. Um, one side is where people slip their papers, and the other side is where you get to look at them a little bit closer. Um, you have, like, a rule book and um, all these other kind of documents to manage between yourself. So, um, and with that system, it also use, like, uses an overlay system. So... 
you'll have several documents and then you kind of have to manage where they go and shuffle them around so you don't have space for everything it's not all neat and clean um whereas you know traditionally i kind of feel like with with most jobs and stuff like that that involve a lot of papers you usually have a lot of space but yeah they, this this challenges that's like one of the bigger bigger challenges in the game for sure so and then the top half is basically like a zoomed out version of everything where you get to see the physical checkpoint and um, one side is just this like super long line of just immigrants kind of waiting to come in or travelers waiting to come in and then the other side is where they leave and um you know and there's several things that will happen in this area um sometimes like terrorist attacks will happen and uh, things like that so and you get into more of that too as to how to kind of stop those and um if you aren't really understanding what this game looks or sounds like or i'm bad at summarizing you can always check out the trailer it's only like two minutes we'll link it in the description i'd say it's worth looking at just to know what the game looks like because i think it has a really cool art style um, i uh, yeah definitely that the art style is very hard to describe yeah so we're not going to try to describe it and make fools of ourselves too much <laughs> um, it, but yeah. it definitely adds to the game quite a bit i think the only thing you can really get into with the art is knowing the the like colors in the game they're very like somber colors and it really sets the mood for you know how when you're playing and kind of how you view the characters for sure so at this point we're gonna dwell in um beware spoilers ahead all that good stuff um so one of the main themes of the game i would say is i think there's about eight countries one two three four five six seven yeah seven or eight and um you'll have them all come through your place and uh i'm not sure if he programmed this in <laughs> or you know but it seems like maybe sometimes other countries are just a little bit more troublesome than others uh what do you think about that uh do you think that the game gave you know like the game made you gave you a bias towards people of certain countries yeah the game like it certainly felt like it wanted me to be a racist by the end of it i'll say it <laughs> i'm not afraid to dance around that um <laughs> And I gotta say, to the game's credit, I really didn't trust Collegians. Like, I just didn't. <laughs> um, and I, every time I had that thought, this like, mm, I like, I saw the Collegian passports, kind of like this purple one. You can tell which country it is based on the color of it. And it would get slid mm-hmm. down onto the table, and I'd be like, all right, this guy's probably up to something. <laughs> you, reason, you... <laughs> yeah, reason being, I, for like, I don't know if it's random or if it's programmed this way, like you said, but for the first, like, eight days, because the game's broken up into specific days, like, it seemed like every other day I would let a Kalichian through, and then they would just bomb the border. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it did happen a lot. I mean, so this newspaper pops up at the end of every week, and it tells you kind of, like, the general news of the what-haps and the what-nots. Uh, <laughs> yep, that's, nailed it again. Two the what-haps, this episode. Man. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to be good with the kids. I know, but like here's the thing. I don't nobody knows the kids but the kids. <laughs> you got to throw like a I don't I don't even know what the kids are into these days. I'm not going to try. Fuck it. Yo, it's hella cool. It's hella cool. Um so yeah, I So I got races. <laughs> <laughs> well, now um, that we got that out there, let's end the episode. Um <laughs> this has been a multiple week trick to get you to say that. It's recorded now. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah so uh, there's a lot of situations like the very very similar uh situations where they'd slide that 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 under me i'd look at it and i'd go mm, i don't know they also you have a newspaper next to you that like lets you know what the top criminals are <laughs> and i always looked to the side there i was like who are, are you a criminal because you might be i don't know oh <laughs> uh, beautiful yeah i mean to the game's credit i think it did a really good job. Like I felt really bad about hating Kalichians by the end of the yeah. game because they didn't keep bombing the border. Um, yeah. We made so at, at some point I was like, mm, maybe maybe that's on me. Maybe I built a trend where there wasn't, which is yeah. how racism works. Mm-hmm. But dang, game nailed that one. Like mm-hmm. real, all, real good nailed that one. Yeah, all serious speaking on that level. Um, I think that that game speaks volumes about um either just racism or like uh, just general like morals of looking at somebody either whether it's you know by race or gender or whatever like it it makes you feel something because it's i mean if if you replace this game with countries that were real i think i don't think oh, you gosh. would end up feeling that way but like because it's this like they, you don't think about it when you go into the game. Like, I didn't think I was going to end up, like, having those feelings, like, where I'd get suspicious about certain countries. Mm-hmm. But I did. And, like, a, once I, like, walked away from a playthrough or, like, I finished the game, I, w- I realized it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, that's that's really smart. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said if you were placed it with real countries, you might not feel that way because that disassociation kind of allows you to not feel guilty about things that you think, especially with the way the game is presented and with, you know, the art style being so divorced from reality. Mm-hmm. You can you can feel these emotions that, you know, a lot of people would recognize, be like, whoa, hey, that's not okay. And you're just like, mm, it, it's a video game. These aren't even real countries. These aren't real people. I don't trust these people. And yeah. it really, it kind of lets you dip into that mindset a little more than I think you're able to with most games because of that. Yeah. It's probably the strongest of its kind. So I think here's something that, that you know, uh, I kind of feel strongly towards. And it was a point that you had brought up earlier when we were kind of pre-talking about this game. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that, so as I explained earlier, in between the days, you have this like splash screen of like rent, food, heat, um, medicine, and you kind of get to tick the boxes and figure out what you're going to buy for the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do that, because you never see what your family looks like ever. And it, for me, it made me care a lot less about them, even though I did. I mean, most of my, my I think all of my family survived um, throughout most of pretty much all of the game. So, I mean, I cared about them. And if I couldn't afford something, I would replay the day to you know make it you know make it work but for the most part i didn't really care about them all that much like i didn't feel a true connection to them yeah i think that's i'm not 100 percent sure if it's intentional or just you know work you know it'd be more assets more writing things like that mm-hmm. but i think that that disconnect is very real in this game um i definitely cared about my family still like like you had said but yeah. I cared about them because I was projecting myself into those shoes, right? When it said mother, son, you know, 
well, probably not son because I don't have a child. But <laughs> when it said mother and uncle, I was like, oh, you know, picturing my family members in that situation, uh, in like a super pixelated version of them. Aww. So I was able to to make a little bit of that connection, but I definitely feel like that's it was not very strong. Yeah, I wonder. I, I wonder if that's what he wanted you to do was connect um, by just putting text by letting you connect your own. Uh, family or whatever to those characters. That's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, it definitely leaves it super open to interpretation, but yeah, like like you had mentioned it for the characters, like um, well, even like the son character who I don't have a child, I, I was still very connected to more so than I was like the mother in law or the uncle, um, which yeah. is maybe interesting. But I wonder. I I am curious how the game would have changed if you had seen those characters primarily, and I'm curious if I would have played differently. Yeah. Uh, if I would have been more willing to take risks to try and get more money, or if I would have been more risk-averse because I was very scared for these characters in my head, whereas when I was playing through the game, you know, stamping yes or no on different people's passports, I didn't, like, I was concerned about how much money I was making, but I wasn't thinking, oh, I have to make this money for my son to eat, or I have to make this money for my mother-in-law to stay warm. I was just thinking, man, I have to make this money because, shit, I'm almost out of money. Oh, God. Oh, God. I have no money. Oh, God. Oh, God. Please, I need money. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, do you think you would have played differently if you had felt a strong connection to those family members? I think... I don't think it really would have changed the way I play considering the way I played through the game, which I, I pretty much how I played the game was I made sure that my family stayed alive, but I went with Ezek because for some weird reason I trusted them, even though <laughs> just, just so you guys know, it, it, it's the guy who comes up, who's the messenger for this, for this, like, Hey, we, we want to overthrow the country because it's corrupt. He has, like, a star symbol for an eye, and the rest of his face is black, and he has a hood on. It, it, it yeah. just looks straight up like a Dark Brotherhood kind of thing. Like, I, I think the game, like, wanted you to not trust them that much, but I still did. I mean, he's, like, totally 100% for sure a cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt in my mind. Um. So, with that playthrough of, like, I'm going to keep my family, like, my family comes first. So there's a point in the game where the Essex will say, there's a man in red, um, we want you to kill him. And they give you a key to a cabinet that has a sniper rifle in it. Um, and they, they in the note they say, you will be caught. Like, you will surely be caught, even though it's for the better of this country. In my head, I, the entire playthrough, I said, I'm going to do what's best for Arstotska for this, for them. But my family took first. Like, I was like, nope. Because if I die and I go to jail, who's going to work for them? Like, who's going to help them? Um, I do believe they mentioned that they will take care of your family. Yeah, I think in the note they say something like, your family will be fine. Yes. And I think the ending reflects that if you do kill the man in red. But I wasn't going to take that risk. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think that's kind of interesting. Um, I mean, delving into my playthrough a little bit, I went a little bit of the opposite direction. And Mm -hmm. from minute one, I did nothing that Ezek told me to do. Hmm. Um, they were like, hey, poison this dude, confiscate this dude's passport, and every single time, nope, nope. Um, and I think I did that for two main reasons. One, kind of the one that you touched on, I 
I didn't know these people. I didn't know what was going on. I knew that I had a family. I knew that that family was depending on me because nobody else made any money in it. Um, yeah. And to the other reason, and I think this is actually my main reason, uh, I don't, I don't want to sound uninformed here, but I don't. That's not really how political change happens most of the time in the yeah. world. <laughs> it's not some random organization with dudes who have star eyes coming in and <laughs> asking a border patrol guard who they have never spoken to before to do the legwork. Um, <laughs> I never thought of it like that. <laughs> so I kind of figured that no matter what, they were going to fail. Uh, you know, they don't, I think. I didn't no. get those endings. Well, sometimes they do. Depending it depends on, on how you how play you it. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was basically, you know, full glory to Arstotska. Um, mm-hmm. Arstotska's great. Arstotska's best country. <laughs> that's where I went with it. Yeah. Um, I think that's that's pretty interesting that we had two totally separate ideas about how they would function though yeah yeah um i i trusted them and again i think this i think this theme has literally come up every time we do one of these games is i just wanted to see what would happen i was more curious about what would happen if i let this uh i don't don't know if i want to call them terrorists but they were just more like revolutionists that's probably Mm -hmm. better work for them i wanted to see what would happen if i let these revolutionists like get what they needed i'm like i'll do whatever you want like sure man I'll, I'll i'll see what happens i'll see where this goes i've got nothing to lose well let's let's clarify the term there they're revolutionists only if they succeed they yeah are definitely <laughs> terrorists in my playthrough okay yeah so that was that was both of our playthroughs to go back and answer that question that you had for me yeah i think it would have been cool if they included dialogue with the family um Mm -hmm. because i think that that would have helped me feel a little bit more connected to them i don't feel like it would be a whole lot but i can see why he might have chosen not to include that for sure yeah yeah uh it would have been a lot of work well it would not a game changer i'm not a game designer i don't know how much work it would have been it would have been more work (laughs) let's stick with that one yeah probably um did you did you find yourself ever having to do some sort of a balancing act between how much food you're going to, or like, are you going to give your family food this month or this day and heat today? And am I going to buy medicine? And am I going to spend $25 on the world's most expensive set of crayons on his <laughs> birthday? Yeah, that Alex one irked mentioned. me a little bit. A little bit. That's more expensive than anything of crayons I've ever bought. And in this world, you get like, Fifty dollars a day. Salary. How many colors do you think that is? Uh, it's got to be at least twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred. Yeah. If I'm paying for crayons, I want to be paying like a cent per crayon or something. I probably you know what I never wrong. thought about? Hmm. I don't know how much crayons are at all because, like, when <laughs> at the age of like using crayons, I didn't buy my own crayons, so I have no idea how much crayons are. I, I can mean, I can take you... a shot in the dark, but. Well, what do you think? Let's get this. Let's let's make total idiots for ourselves this episode. What do you Price think crayons right? cost? How many colors? Like 64? Uh, let's talk small box first. Let's start with 32 colors. 32 colors? I'm saying 32 colors. You're looking at about $12. <laughs> no. No, why did I say 12? I don't know. But My mind was on 64 colors. I don't know why. I couldn't. I'm, I'm still thinking about 64. Okay. All right. All right. A 12 pack, I'm saying is $6. 
Okay, so I don't have the world's best barometer for how expensive crayons are. By the way, this episode <laughs> totally fucked at this point. Let's keep going. But my mom is a teacher of children. She teaches first grade right now. No, sorry. She taught first grade a few years ago. She's just third grade right now. And Super she buys important. crayons frequently for her kids to draw because she's a teacher and kids need crayons. Um, I know Office Max will frequently do a sale where you can get packs of i believe it's 16 or 32 for one cent a piece and i think normally they are 98 cents i'm looking at the crayola official crayola website right now because the game does (laughs) specify expensive or okay not expensive it says like high quality it says something like the quality of them or like describing like it's a nice set like dope ass crayons we're not sponsored by crayola but i think crayola the best crayons (laughs) whoa hold up i'm not okay it's fine. Go on. <laughs> so, so 16 pack is $2 on their website. $2 for 16? But the 64 is $13. Wow. So, I was kind of right. <laughs> I'm looking at Amazon Prime. Oh my right god. Now. <laughs> and I got a 64 count of crayons for 6.59 over here. <laughs> Welcome to Crayola. From Cast. Crayola. So, I don't know where we're getting this $6 discrepancy in the price of crayons, but like what that really leads me to think is that like, so did you have to do that balancing act? Did you find yourself struggling with food, money, and crayons? I did, man. Good. I could. Because, all right. Um, okay. Podcast com- is dumb. I've I love comprised it. myself. I've comprised <laughs> myself. Okay. So there's a lot of times where, um, especially in the beginning, because I was really bad at the game to start and I didn't like really get the flow of the mechanics till a little bit after. Um, but at that point, I would kind of like see things like hungry and I'd be like, eh, yeah, you're hungry, but you're not very hungry yet. And I just <laughs> like, it's okay just to buy uh, heat and crayons and food. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> It's so, that order. So I'd, buy, so I'd buy the heat and the crayons, and then um, I'd wait for the next day, and then it said very hungry, and I'm like, all right, I guess I'll get you your food now. And um, I think that kind of reflects as to how big the disconnect was from my family to me. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, on my playthrough, also... <laughs> I think it's worth noting i don't know if we ever mentioned this to the listening audience there's a specific day when your son asks for crayons oh. for his birthday yeah i don't know if that was assumed but i want to make that very clear yeah. it's not just an option every day buy crayons <laughs> for your son um but when i when i played through the game i definitely i had a little bit of that balancing act a very yeah. small amount but i actually found myself almost always having just enough to do everything oh yeah not enough to save so i would be like i have five dollars left yeah Mm -hmm. so i'd I'd have five dollars left at the end i think i had to skip food or heat twice or three times for the whole game and i never skipped medicine um so i didn't run into too much of that issue Mm -hmm. but i also was never able to do nice things like move into a better apartment or adopt your niece or things like that that i did both of those (sighs) That's I was. Let's talk about the niece thing for a second. Flex's document muscles. (laughs) Flex's document muscles. Nice. Uh, So 
there's a point in the game where in the middle of the day it says i think your you know your sister went to jail something like that mm-hmm. uh, your niece is now homeless basically and you have the option to adopt her but the adoption fee is i think 40 60 dollars something mm-hmm. like that and like i said regularly you're ending the game with five dollars left in your bank account um so i didn't have the money to adopt my niece when she was homeless that was i don't know why that affected me more than any other moment in the game really um whole stop mm-hmm. but it was because that day it's you like i couldn't adopt my niece and i was thinking like all right even if i get rid of food and heat today i got like two disc like i got two uh, deductions on my paycheck basically and the day was cut short by a terrorist explosion <laughs> so when that happens the like it just shuts down and you can't do anything else for the rest of the day which means you get less money yeah um so i was basically there was no way i could afford to adopt her and then the very next day when i was like oh well i'll adopt her the next day i'll just make more money uh it starts off by saying that your niece is nowhere to be found anymore yeah that sucks i i got my niece and she pays back, man. What? You, you, really? You adopt her, and she's, and it says like she brought, like she brought all the money she could home with her, or something like that, and she gets you like twenty credits. Damn. Nice. Yeah. And um, yeah. Speaking on that front, I bet that would have affected me a lot if I couldn't afford her. Um. So, yeah, I didn't really feel that because I, because I, <laughs> I bought my niece. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, so, yeah, I adopted her. And um, what was the other? It was it was the adoption and what else? The apartments moving up, things like that. Oh, my God. I <laughs> did buy the apartment move up, and it's not worth it. Nothing happens. All right. So, yeah, for again, for those of you who aren't 100% certain, you get the option to move up to better and better apartments over the game. Um, and you have to buy into them, and then your rent goes up. And I'm assuming that's all that happens. Yep. That's, I mean, Maybe. Maybe. I can't speak because I lived in a nicer apartment for about mm, two days and then had to move out. (laughs) So maybe Uh, there's like an achievement or something like that. But from what I could see, there was nothing that that happened. I think it was I almost think it was kind of like a red herring for you to like not be greedy about stuff and like learn how to save. Um, That might be right. Because Um, when I could when I could start affording apartments is right before the um the ending and i'll just kind of talk about like close to the to when the game reaches the maximum amount of days that you can play um because i don't want to say ending really um uh you start to learn from a comical character that we'll talk about later too remind me to do that um (laughs) that you can start producing passports and so that you can start stealing passports and then you can pay some guy um to convert these passports into um your family's passports because you want to escape because this inspector guy thinks that you and the Ezek um uh organization are in cahoots whether you are or aren't yeah um i didn't actually feel too much of that pressure to be honest with you mm-hmm. uh i definitely i got the option to start stealing passports you steal them from a specific country which kind of adds a little bit of the pressure because you can't just choose to steal four passports. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it, like one out of every six people has the right passport for you to steal. So you have to make that choice in the there and now. But uh, I I never did anything with the Ezek, and I didn't really get the implication that I was going to be in trouble because true. 
I would have done anything with them. Uh, I got the implication I was going to be in trouble because your immediate boss, Dimitri, asked you to let somebody through the checkpoint, and I forgot their name, and I denied them from coming through the checkpoint because oh. I had the wrong paperwork, and he comes in and is basically like, hey, you were supposed to let her through, uh, you, like, you screwed up a lot, I'm gonna have to find a way to punish you, and he does that <laughs> on the second to last day of the game, so uh -oh. I stole every passport that I could, and I jetted <laughs> out of there with all that I could, um, <laughs> yeah. taking my family across the border to Obristan, um, and I actually... It's a bit of a somber experience because I was only able to procure enough money to take two of my four family members with me. Me too. Me too. Which, that's rough. Didn't it feel good. It auto-picked it for me, man. I didn't even get to pick. It, it picked the right people, though. <laughs> it picked my son, and I'm like, I'll take my wife, please. Uh, did you only get to take... Oh, did you only get oh, to no, take one? Oh, no, I only could afford one. Because oh, that, I was able to afford two. Mix up. That's rough. Yeah, I, I got my wife and my son, and left my mother-in-law and uncle and basically they you end up getting into the other country but they don't it just says that the whereabouts of your other family members are unknown sad yeah it is but don't have to live in Artstoska anymore thank god what a piece um, of shit <laughs> i think that transitions pretty well into a question <laughs> that i had uh, yeah how did you feel about just based on the small little dialogue snippets you would get of people coming in and saying like, oh, I'm so happy to be coming here or people who you got to work with saying mm -hmm. how bad it was out there versus what you actually saw and were asked to do. How do you think Art Skotza was as a country? I think, okay, so I'm going to get a little like reflective here as to real and real life. Um, I think it's interesting how everybody and I thought about this like all day. I think it's interesting how everybody outside of Arstotska says that I'm so glad that I'm like immigrating here or, you know, it's like, it's a nice, it's, you know, it's nice in there or something like that. Well, you get those comments every once in a while. It's not like everybody says it, but um, versus when one of the guards who you kind of be like, have a little, little friendship with um, says that he's lived there and that, it, and then he's like, is it still shit? And he's like, yeah, it's still bad. Um, and the people who live there are generally like, I guess the the people who live there don't really talk that much because um, they're they transit a lot more. Uh, but it, I think it reflects real life in the sense that you never like the it's I mean, it's like the grass is always greener on the other side kind of thing where like I feel like a lot of the people living on Arstotska are probably looking to other countries and being like, oh man, it, it's probably so much better, you know, over there and then vice versa because like, but the reality is, is it's probably all bad. <laughs> like they're probably all living not the best way because I mean, you live there and it's like not, I don't know. I never got the impression that you were like in a nice country. Like it seemed like people were pretty quick to like, insult you or like we're pretty quick to be rude to you and like your you know your pay wasn't that great but kind of just reflecting on everything that was said and everything like that i can't imagine it's much different than the other countries what do you think i'm kind of with two minds about it because yeah. on the one hand you do get you you definitely get a very bad impression of the country that you live in mm -hmm. um it's got a very you know communist russia sort of feel to the whole game of it entire eastern european area 
Um, and it's very, you know, you're, you're getting orders coming down from on high that say things like, oh, deny everyone who's got this, or mm-hmm. our, like some of our own citizens in this particular area have been, you know, committing crimes, robbing, looking to start an uprising, things like that. Confiscate all of the passports from our citizens that come into this area. Yeah. And that's like, it's like real fucked. It's not mm-hmm. a good situation. Um, and I, the reason I left at the end of the game was because I feared for my character's life because I thought he was going to be killed for doing his job. Yeah. That's <laughs> obviously not good. Um, on the other side of that, I think I got the feeling that Arstotska was a really bad country, but I had a sort of respect for the border, to be honest with you, because they open it. At the start of the game, very first day, it's the first day the border's been open in, you know, six years or whatever, Mm -hmm. after a war with a neighboring country. And, like, the first three days, it gets bombed by a terrorist from another country. Yeah. The border doesn't close the whole month while continuously being attacked. Guards are dying left and right. And somebody in the government is saying, keep the border open. There's There Hmm. is something noble about that to just say, like, hey— even though everything's going to hell, even though this is really bad, we are letting people in and out still. This is not a total lockdown. We're not flatly refusing anyone to come into our country and keeping it completely homogenized. We're we're allowing other people to come in and out still, even if the restrictions are there, which honestly, the restrictions were messed up very much. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, they... They would have been stricter in. I think they would have been stricter had this happened in real life. Like, oh yeah, definitely. You, <laughs> yeah, you get you get a terrorist bombing at the like singular border point. That border's closed the next day. That yeah. is how it works. Yeah, exactly. I mean, for the sake of the game, you know. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked. But but yeah, I think I think it's intentional that they did it like that. And like, I think that's a really cool point. I never really thought of it that way. Um, of that of it being noble and and in that sense and like someone's there and it's because i think it's all about protection for the greater good in a way where i think a lot of the choices they make for like hey don't let these people in on baseline you're like wow that's racist but it's like Mm -hmm. hey we're just trying not to let these people in because we don't know who's dangerous and who's not dangerous so i think the game questions a lot of that kind of stuff where it's like listen is is it about your safety or is it about being like um fair to everybody yeah you know i i i got the impression that it was the wrong choices for the right reasons in a yeah. lot of circumstances and yeah. overall the individual people that you meet that are in the government are making the wrong choices for the wrong reasons because they're bad people yeah but i didn't get that feeling from the border itself which mm-hmm. i thought was really interesting so yeah, I think, oh God, because you can go super, like, I think that's, the, like, one of the deep, deeper things in the game that, like, you don't really think about until you finish it is, like, how interesting the choices made by the government is and, like, how you can actually, like, see it reflect from a smaller standpoint of this, you know, this government who changes from you or this, you know, I guess this past, uh, yeah, this checkpoint that passes, that changes every day from, hey, um, you just need a passport and it just has to be valid and it just has to be um, not forged to, I think at one point I had like five documents on my screen for a single person and like, 
and all anybody this who awesome... came in for work, man. Oh. Anybody who came in for work, I just anybody. immediately wanted to deny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, oh, God, the smallest stuff that would be picked up. Like, oh, my God. So I think we could talk about something just like generally. I think we've, we've gone over a lot of the story elements. Maybe we could hit up on some of the mechanics of the game and like for sure. how you felt about. Um, so I'll go a little bit deeper as to how the game works more technically. Um, so uh, someone walks up to, to your booth. You say, papers, please, hence the name, and uh, they'll slide their passport, their documents, all the stuff that they need, or, well, some of the stuff that they need sometimes, (laughs) and um, they'll slide you your stuff, and you drag it onto a different screen where you can take a closer look at it, Um, and all these documents are, like, they're formatted the same, but certain ones look a little bit different. Um, You have, like, things like ID tags or workman's passes and um they kind of like ever change and uh, grow different so you once you have those on your screen you look them over you've got like a date on the bottom so you can make sure that it's not uh, expired and then you pull out like a rule book that has all the current rules which oh my god i love that rule book it's so (laughs) it's like it's a lifesaver of like is this a thing like do i have to be worried about that um so and then once you find um, something that's wrong, you like press a button and um, you can point the two things out. So let's say the rule for today was um, no United Federation uh, people are allowed to pass through the checkpoint. So you'd point this person's United Federation and then you'd point to the rule and then the game would say discrepancy detected. And then you can basically interview your... Um, you're uh, the the person who's immigrating over there about the about the discrepancy so you're like hey this document or you're not allowed through here they'll respond to you and then you can just deny them and then they walk away and sometimes uh, yeah sometimes <laughs> sometimes they refuse to leave and uh, you also have the option i guess that kind of transitions well into um you can detain people which lets you, um, you know, it, it shuts down your, your front gate and then someone will come over and uh, kick the person out and take them away with them instead of just giving them the option to just walk away. Yeah, and I think on that detaining point, it's actually, it gets pretty interesting about uh, halfway through the game, roughly. Mm-hmm. One of the guards that, you know, comes in to detain people uh, comes in and basically tells you that he is more or less also commission-based, that he is getting paid based on the number of people that they detain mm-hmm. and is telling you to start detaining people that you would normally not and yeah. he will split the like the cut with you 50 50 so it adds kind of another metagame layer where somebody has the wrong document like it's expired like well they have an expired document should i just turn them away or should i basically send them to prison to get <laughs> five more dollars so i can try and feed my family for another day yeah and um, ruin this person's life yeah which <laughs> <laughs> was really interesting uh, yeah that's super I, interesting I, I like the way that they did that mm-hmm. um, but yeah the, the mechanics of the game i think beautifully feed into all of the ideas that they're trying to make you consider mm-hmm. um, and they really just the documents have a very oppressive feel to them when they're scattered about your desk and you are frantically looking at the clock in the bottom left hand corner and then the rule book flipping to, from page to page trying to remember 
you know, is that the official seal of this country? And then having five documents scattered throughout your desk that you're like, all right, what's, what is this dude's passport number? All right. I have to check that number there. That's right. That's right. All right. What's the, what's the date today? What's the expiration date on all these? Um, mm-hmm. It puts you in a very frantic state where you are subconsciously thinking like, oh man, I need to get money. And then every time you make a mistake and let someone through, who had a discrepancy or don't a little like fax pops up on the bottom of the screen that says like discrepancy detected and then tells you what you did wrong and that it's a citation two Um, things regarding that two two quick things first off there's a sound that plays when you get the discrepancy and it's just a ugly ugly because it's like a fax like like alex said and then and then just just the feeling of that just oh it kills me every time i audibly yelled multiple <laughs> times after that i went come on or fuck yep. yep um that's that's one thing and the other thing is oh my god i almost forgot oh okay so when when that person walks away after being accepted when they weren't supposed to be what magical ass computer <laughs> is just reading these documents a second time and why doesn't it have my job? <laughs> that might be the reason that you are the only border guard employed for 31 days in a row of working 9 to 5 the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it just does, that, that part of the game, like, I 100% get why it has to be there. There's absolutely no reason why it wouldn't be. But come on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like it just doesn't make any sense how there's there's this second screening of someone's documents and then all of a sudden the computer just like instantly knows you know <laughs> what's going on yeah it's it's rough i didn't i didn't enjoy that that continually happened but <laughs> it made it so you knew what was going to happen which was was interesting because i think pretty much the whole all of the interesting moments of the game, in my mind, came from when people would come and give you documents and you would mention that they were wrong and then they would say something to you. Like, oh, yeah. my husband, you just let through in front of me. I know these documents are wrong, but please, I have to live with him. Or, yeah. you know, those I, got to uh, me, man. They got to me, too. And pe- people would be like, oh, <laughs> so I feel like I learned something about how human nature works because those stories, they got to me and I was sad, but largely I would deny them if I was at enough citations that I knew it would start costing me money. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody came up to me and was like, Hey man, I know these documents are bad or actually I'm just missing. I'm missing the document that proves that I have a polio vaccination. I could be (laughs) infected with polio, but here's 10 bucks. If you let me through 10 times out of 10, I let them through. There was not even a, like a second of thinking about it it's like is that more money than i'm gonna get yeah all right cool let them through let them through i need to eat today we're yeah. doing that yeah i always worried that would come back to bite me like it was like i let someone with polio through and then the newspaper i'd see the next day bigger polio outbreak than what was expected what's going on <laughs> at the greston checkpoint like <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah that's definitely there, a big worry there are instances of that um, mm-hmm. there's one particular instance that i remember where a lady comes through and slides you a card that basically says that there's somebody behind her who she doesn't trust oh yeah uh, and i think she's it, intended to be like a prostitute and he's intended to be her pimp is kind of what i got out of it yeah that's, i um, think that's what it was and so she tells you hey, hey his papers are in line deny him anyway 
anyway, or else he'll do bad things to me. And I let him through because I couldn't afford to lose five credits. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> the newspaper the next day has the headline about how some lady was found recently killed mm-hmm. and her murderer is at large. And I felt really, really bad after that. Oh, yeah. Let, let's let's get into some of the because there's some really cool stories, I think, that pop up from the from the more like little individual characters. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, and then I'll ask you what your favorite one was. Well, there, there's a clear favorite one that I have. Uh, there's yeah. a character named Georgie, uh, <laughs> who's just absolutely, he's the comic relief in this dark, desolate, dystopian world, um, <laughs> where he'll, he comes up to you, I think the first day, and he just comes up to you with no documents, right? <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, just no documents. Sure. And, you, and you're like, you need a passport. And he's like... Hey, you let me into Arstotska. It's a great country. You're great, man. Everything's cool. And you're like, no. <laughs> and then he comes back the next day with a passport, and it's just written in crayons. <laughs> crayons. Some of the most expensive crayons you will ever see were used to craft that passport. <laughs> yeah. And then the next time you see him, his documents are current, but his weight's wrong. And when that happens, you get to scan them and, like, check if they have any contraband on them. And he's carrying drugs, and he's just like, hey. And if you deny him, he's like, hey, I get it. Drugs are bad for the kids. You're just looking out for everybody. It's cool. (laughs) I love that. I love that line. Like, I loved how he's just like, no, you're a stand-up guy. It's really cool that you're being like this. I couldn't tell if he was being sarcastic or not. So did you let Georgie in at any point? I let him in when he had no weight he had no, absolutely zero discrepancies. His weight right. was on par, and then he and then he comes back, and you know, yeah, and then he gives you the the coin, the token, yeah. which is like an achievement. For those of you who don't know, um, there's like a coin for every country when you like help out a citizen from that country specifically, and it's like a little achievement token thing. Mm-hmm. So, for Georgie, uh, which probably not how you pronounce his name, but we're rolling sure. with it. Fuck it. Uh, the uh, there's one point in between, like, all... He stops, like, six times at the border. There's one yeah. point when he has all of the right documents, and I let him in then. And after that is when he starts coming back, like, oh, and then he starts... Basically, he tells you he's a drug dealer, and he's smuggling drugs in to sell them. Um, I let him in the first time, because he was a really cool dude, and then he brought drugs and offered me five bucks, <laughs> and I never turned him down again. It got to the point where he came in and I was like, oh, weight's wrong. And so I would like scan him and be like, oh, this again, here you go, 10 bucks. And I just let him in. Like I never denied him for bringing drugs into the coin? country. Yeah. The second you <sighs> let him in, you get the coin. Wow. That sucks. Yeah. I, so I was kind of hoping that it's like you had to change his ways and that's no. how you got the coin. <laughs> you can also help him be a drug dealer. Damn it. Which wow. I, it was like he would show up to the border and I'd just be like, I'm letting him in. It doesn't matter what he, he could come in with like an AK-47. I'm letting him in. It don't matter. <laughs> it's George. I love that guy. Yeah, dude. Everyone loves that guy, which I think is kind of funny. It's like when you're like personable because he's super personable. He's like, hey, you're a cool guy. You know, like I love this country. You're cool. Like it's kind of funny to think about how like we let those people really affect us at work because um, mm-hmm. there there are several times I work in a call center. I won't really get into specific, but there are certain times where I'll get like a phone call and like there, this person's just got like a chipper, cool attitude. And I'll be like, yeah, I'll, I'll see what I can do for you. Cause you seem cool. And I mean, I don't think I'd do that if I was like a border checkpoint guy, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it's cool that it like speaks on that level too. Did you feel like that or? Yeah, I, 
I found it interesting that I very much the the people who came in and were nice and like complimented you or came in and like told you a joke or hey you're doing a great job I was more likely to let them through if their papers were wrong than the people who came at me with sob stories yeah I don't know what that says about me as a person <laughs> and it honestly worries me a small amount <laughs> but like like George, he was a drug dealer he was a drug dealer he admitted it and I was just like you're good, man. And then the lady's like, I'm sorry. You know, I can't go back. They'll kill me. And I was like, look, five bucks is a lot of money. I'm really sorry. But peace. I'll see you later. Um, and though making light of it, it did kind of make me reflect a little bit and kind of consider my priorities. And in particular, I think my my sense of justice changed drastically from the start of the game where – Somebody would come at me with that sob story, and I would be like, oh, that's fine. I'll take the $5 loss, or I'll take the discrepancy. It's it's not a big deal. I'll eat this one for you. Yeah. And as the game went on, it was it became very much less of that. I was much more rigid, and I didn't feel as bad just stamping denied on people's passports and sending them back to their home country. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I, I think at that point, uh, on that point, my... Maybe my favorite one of the stories, because of how it made me sit and reflect on things, is there is a day toward the end of the 30-day cycle that the game takes place, in 31-day cycle or whatever, um, where a murderer is kind of... He's <sighs> murdered somebody in... It was like Kalichia? I don't know. He murdered somebody somewhere. Wait, and, is this the child killer? Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's he In the newspaper, he's marked as a serial child killer. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. be a worse person in the whole world. <laughs> It's real bad, and basically some guy comes up to you and hands you a picture of his daughter and tells you that that guy killed her, and mm-hmm. to uh, let him into the country, and then I think like steal his passport, and mm-hmm. then give it to that guy so he can go find it and get justice. Uh, I, I don't know what you did at that point. What did, what did you do? I just detained the child murderer. Nope. I let him. I let. I let him through, and then because that that well, because sometimes the appearances go random. Was he like a big ass guy? Like, was he like really buff? He was pretty big. I think he was yeah. tall. Yeah, my guy was was huge. Like, and and when he said that, I looked at him, and then I saw the picture that I think on the back of the picture because you can flip it over. It says like, "I love you, Daddy," or something oh, like that. God. And yeah. you're just like, oh man, this guy's pissed. So I did what he said, and uh, in the newspaper the next day, it said that um, he was found and he was, like, bludgeoned or something like that. Like, like he got fucked up real hard. Yeah, yeah. and my newspaper it just said that he went to jail, basically. Uh, yeah. I That was an interesting moment for me because of how it toyed with my sense of justice having been changed over the course of the game. But also, it made me, like, dig deep into how I actually think that situation should be handled in oh, real yeah. life, and that's... Maybe another discussion for another time, because that's going to get pretty dark pretty that's, quickly, I think. Yeah, that's pretty... I think I think it's a little bit beyond our scope for the for our yeah. time. But I, yeah. that was, like, one of the best moments, I think, was, like, that was a really cool time um, where where it was definitely tested. And it, that one took me a while. I had to pause the game, and I had to think about that one. Yeah, for sure. That was definitely the, the one that gave me the most, the most pause of all of them. The rest of them were kind of quick decisions. That one was the one where I actually had to think about how I felt. This is just more for me. There's a guy who um, comes at your checkpoint, 
and he's like hey man i don't have all the documents but i'll give you this watch and i'll come back for the watch i promise yeah and i'll and then i'll give you money did you did you go with that guy did you like let him through I don't know why, but yeah, I totally did. So did I, man. And, and then the, the fucking asshole has the audacity to come back and goes, Hey, man, this watch has a ding on it. What the hell? And I just instantly <laughs> yeah. regretted everything. You also have the option to detain him after he says that, which I think is <laughs> hilarious. Like, it's so funny that you can. I just gave him back his watch and took his money. Me too. That I mean... A couple people tried to buy it beforehand for more than he gives you, but even so, I've, I've felt like he, or, you know, it's he was going to be cool about it. Yeah. I already helped him out. I figured, let's give this a shot. And to his credit, he is like, oh, it's not that big a deal. Just keep the money. Yeah. Which is what? good. Yeah. There's <laughs> a lot of that specific reaction in this game where, like, there's a point when you get to hang up a drawing that your son gives you, and it's, like, just some crayon drawing that I guess you may have had to buy him the crayons to get. I don't know. Um, <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's you do pretty... have to buy him the crayons to get it. Okay, it's a pretty bad drawing, all things considered, but it's also like a kid's drawing. It's cute. So you hang it up, and there's a guy who comes in. It's just like, mm, that drawing, total garbage. Looks awful. You should take it down. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I wanted, like, immediately I wanted to deny him, but all of his papers were in order, so I let him through. And, like, as soon as that interaction was finished, he was like, look, man, I'm sorry. It's your son's drawing. I'm just having a rough day. It actually looks pretty good. I'll talk to you later. And oh. I was like, oh, you're real that's cool that's cool game that's super cool because um his documents on my playthrough this is one of those moments that's like oh it's so cool that we both played the same game and had different things in my game uh his papers were bad and i got to deny him which felt super good and then when (laughs) he was leaving he was like you just deny me because i make fun of your son's picture and i was like no man look at the look at the reason i denied you like your shit's wrong and he's like whatever man you're just mad that i think your son's a oh, and then he says maybe he should try sports or something like that <laughs> <laughs> which made me laugh that's that's cool that they had like that that yeah. sort of idea in there um hopping back to the actual mechanics one time kind of still talking about overarching things uh, i don't know about you Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt very uncomfortable a lot of the time when I was kind of forced to make a call on whether or not someone's gender was correct on their passport oh, based yeah, on hard. what their character model looked like. Yeah, that's that's I think that's one of the weakest things. With, both with gender and you get an ID, excuse me, you get an ID tag that uh, ends up having someone's description on it, which those descriptions were kind of bullshit. Yeah, when they said things like perfect eyesight and they were wearing glasses, that's fine. But yeah. sometimes it's like, she's wavy hair or long wavy hair. Well, I mean, what... What is long I'm... wavy hair? What is yeah. balding? <laughs> like, my definition of balding and your definition of balding are very different. I would end up a lot of the time just checking to see if it would be okay and then just letting them through, you know? Yeah, I I did a lot of the same thing of just starting to double check things because I was scared. But I still, like, any time, I was like, I think this is maybe the wrong gender. Uh, I never, I felt really weird with it. I, I think it's probably yeah. because of the current climate and, and, like, gender identity and all that that's going on. And it's huge mm-hmm. social movement right now in the U.S. at least. Uh, but whenever people were like, hey, you let someone through with the wrong gender, I don't want to fucking ask them and then <laughs> do, like, you get the option to do these full body scans, usually to check for contraband, but if you have it turned on, it's you just get nude pictures of these people. Yeah. Like, you know, wild. highly 
polygonal nude pictures, but nonetheless, it's, it just made me really viscerally uncomfortable yeah. when my character's like, mm, your gender looks like it might be wrong. Step into the scanner. You've been no, selected I, for a random search. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to do that. I yeah. felt really weird uh, like whenever that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. That was that was a weird part of the game. I think probably the weirdest. Um, um, yeah, other than I getting ink all over everybody's fingers. Because everybody says that when you do fingerprint. <laughs> now I have ink all over my fingers. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So, you I, want to talk about the ending system? Uh, sure, sure. You were so, beginning to say something. I'm sorry. What were you gonna say? And then we'll talk about the you, ending system. You're good. I just you mentioned the the fingerprinting, and that reminded me that when I started the game for probably six days in a row, I didn't understand how fingerprinting worked because mm-hmm. they don't tutorialize anything in that game. Yeah. So you'd like. You get to give somebody a fingerprint slip, and then you get it, like, pops up with the same fax machine type thing, and I didn't realize that they were putting one down on the counter, too, and you have to compare them. Mm-hmm. So I would just look at it and be like, yep, that's right. Uh, cool. You're good to go. <laughs> and it would tell me, like, the identity was wrong, and I would get mad and throw my hands up in the air like I just didn't <laughs> care. But, like, really, I cared <laughs> a lot. didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I actually didn't have too hard of a time with that. I think... Every time I just compared them, every time I just hit, are these right? Like I asked the computer, are these similar? And they would tell me yes or no. And that's how I played it. I never like went, like actually looked at the two because it was just faster just to click, you know, inspect. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Why why don't don't you jump into the ending system? Okay. So the game has a total of 20 endings. Not all of these endings are what I would call endings. I mean, they are in the sense that the game could end there, but it literally not, ends. Yeah, <laughs> they're not like uh, the kind of endings that you want, I guess. Um, so, uh, I think the very first one that I interacted with, where I'm like, oh, 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 the ga- the game's over. Oh, okay, all right. And this was more just to experiment with the game. Is um, I helped because I helped the Essex. Um, they gave me a whole lot of cash when I did something first for them. It was like $10,000 or something crazy like that. And then I took the gift. And then the day next, it said, your, your, you know, your account has been inspected and uh, it, people, or we've seen an influx in your, in your uh, savings. And then they started looking into shit and then they realized what had happened. And then they put me to jail. And that was the end of the game. Yeah, see, I also got that ending, but for totally different reasons, because yeah. you got it for helping the the Ezek and taking their money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got it because an inspector came by asking if I knew anything about the Ezek, and I gave him a document the Ezek gave me to stay on their good side, and they arrested me for, like, basically potentially having worked with them at some point. Yeah. Which was fucking bullshit. Yeah, I think that, I think that speaks something about the the quality of their like justice system mm-hmm. pretty highly um yeah so yeah i would say about mm, 15 of the endings are like that where like either you get arrested or you go to a death sentence i think one of the in- mo- most interesting ones was um th- that's more early on is uh you like i said earlier the ezix asks you to murder someone with a sniper rifle and if you do they promise that your family will be safe and stuff like that and if you do end up shooting that person um you do get the death sentence but you get a, a little like 
letter from the Essex before you 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 know arrive at your death sentence that um uh they moved your family to um Obstrian and Abstain. I don't remember. Nope. Austrian, Austrian, Austrian? Sure. yeah, sure, ostrich, uh, <laughs> Obristan, that's it, Obristan. We were so far off. And, I like uh, ostrich. They that's, moved your family to Obristan, which kind of interested me looking back on it because I ended the game with me and my son on a train to a country with not a whole lot of money, um, whereas the Essex put all of my family on a train with i assume a decent amount of money like because they seem to be pretty wealthy um so i mean that's almost like a good ending in a way because even though you died you know you help this this rebel you know this rebellion or whatever that may or may not work out but your whole family got moved and like to a better place i guess i don't know it's interesting yeah i i I didn't really look into that ending, so I guess mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about that prior, but that is definitely, that seems like a a good, bittersweet ending Yeah, that maybe I would have shot for more if I knew it existed. Yeah. But, I mean, I lived with my wife and son, so I, mean, I guess <laughs> I can't be too terribly mad about how it ended. Yeah. So, for speaking for, so like I said, there's about three normal endings that are just like, not normal, but... They're more like the the bigger uh, trio of endings. Um, I ended up like I, I think I said this earlier. Just and we said this earlier. Ended up just leaving with a couple of my family members. Um, but the scene before I left was probably a lot different from yours, Alex. Um, mine because I helped the Essex mm-hmm. so much. Uh, they were able to um, um, organize this kind of like um really hard attack on the wall where on you know the checkpoint wall where they ended up you know zooming in killing a couple guards and then blowing up the wall uh and then everyone just ran through they asked huh. me huh i that's interesting i didn't actually know that yeah it's crazy it's like insane and then they asked me don't shoot anybody you'll be safe and um <laughs> there is a there's a character who walks towards your booth very slowly and you're like, uh, is he going to kill me? And I'm like, I'm not going to take that risk. I open up the sniper rifle and I kill him. The Essex get mad at you. And, um, and then I left because <laughs> I was like, fuck, I don't want to be a part of this. Um, yeah. I would describe that as different ending scenes. Cause mine was very much like, there's a lot of pressure going on, and the inspector just continually comes by and says, hey, you're up for your annual inspection in this many days, in this yeah. many days. So my that second to last too. day was, yeah, it's just the inspector saying, hey, your you know annual inspection is tomorrow. Don't leave the country. Don't do this or that. I'm sure everything will be fine. And I just felt the pressures of everything that was happening so much that I decided it was best to take my family and flee the country. But the day before was just a normal day at the border checkpoint. Yeah. Or actually, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. I lied. Um, The end of it is different because a, like, I think it was like an armored van basically breaks through the back end of the checkpoint and kills all three of the guards that are defending you. And you have to shoot the people who then, like the terrorists who are then coming toward you, but they are, you know, you don't know who they are. And you get the choice to shoot them with the tranquilizer darts or the the rifle. Well, I, I fucked some ethic dudes up. Yeah, if fucked you them let up them real good, because they told me just to stand still, so I just let them do their thing. 
um, and they blew up the wall, and like everybody in line ran through. <laughs> so, <laughs> talk about a uh, talk about a speedy checkpoint there. Slot everyone yeah. through. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, it's it was cool. It's um, I guess if the the coolest ending in my opinion is if you follow everything that Ezek say, and then you um. And you don't shoot the guy, which I did, so I didn't really get this ending purely. I just more looked it up. Is um, if you listen to literally everything they say, they will pay for you and your family to leave. Like you don't have to do the passport gig. Nice. Yeah. So Very that's impressive. like, and it, I don't know if they. Oh god, I really wish I knew if they speak about the quality of Ostotska after that. I don't. I think when I read the description of it, they just talked about how it was under as a control now. Um, yeah. I didn't even come close to that ending. The ending I almost got is if you just do everything in the game and don't ever do anything with the ethic and don't screw up at your job too badly, the inspector basically just calls you in and says, hey, you've done some things wrong, but overall you're a good citizen of Arstotska. You'll be fine. You'll return back to work on January 1st. And that's about it. And it's hmm. like, uh, it was oddly peaceful i guess i mean yeah. i'm still happier with my ending because i didn't have to go back to that border checkpoint where my <laughs> character certainly would have died in the next month because he almost died every day for the last five yeah. days <laughs> i would say uh, uh probably one fourth of your days get cut short by terrorist attacks and i did laugh at that earlier where you're like yeah and my day got cut short by a terrorist attack and i was like because <laughs> <laughs> like that's like a meme to me like <laughs> like, oh, like the day was cut uh, short that by one. a terrorist attack like you could say that to about anything yeah it, it happened a lot it you did get so a little much. decent i actually started to get excited for terrorist attacks at the end i might edit that soundbite in post to make it sound <laughs> like i didn't just say those words in sequence but you get a you get a tranquilizer gun and if you shoot the the terrorists and like tranquilize them before the guards kill them you mm. get more money sharp shooting bonus i was bonus. pretty good at that so yeah. i was like oh yes terrorist attack here comes an extra 20 bucks yeah. um, <laughs> which is more money than i was going to make in the rest of the day anyway cuz i was not good at the game yeah. i made a lot of mistakes toward the end god the game's not easy in my opinion i think it was pretty hard i um, think that'll parlay pretty well into hey. this next point and maybe our closing point because we're bumping up pretty long here um, i think we can make it our closing point did you have fun playing papers please <sighs> good answer good answer um okay so this is a question that i thought about tried to think about all day and god i still don't have a direct answer um here's my here's my basic evaluation of what i think about if i had fun or not playing the game there's a lot of games that i played in the past that i don't think i had fun with and didn't want to continue with because there was no reason to continue um i didn't see any any potential i didn't see anything um with papers please i saw every reason to continue there was so much tension and so much so many reasons to keep going and to see what would happen the next day oh i want to see what's in the newspaper the next day or like you know i want to i want to see when georgie comes back or like you know there's like all this like there's so much story-wise to look forward to in the game and so many things that i think were really really interesting so many good points that they brought up but if there was none of that and it was just this 
this game where you, they handed you these documents and then you had to inspect them, I would hate it because there's the actual mechanics of inspecting these documents, comparing them to others, comparing them to the date is just real life work. And like, <laughs> that's super cool. I love how they did that. I'm not knocking it and saying that they shouldn't do that because I think it's really cool. And I think it's really innovative, but is that action fun? No, no, it's not fun. It's, it's really rewarding to go a full day without getting a citation to find something really like deep. Like um, I remember a lot of instances where it would be like, I'd be looking through, I'd be looking through. I have the, the stamp ready to get the approval and I go, oh wait, oh, it says here that you are um, 85 pounds and I see here that you're 89 pounds. And then I compare it and then I'm like, get in the scanner, bitch. And then I make the scan and I'm like, oh look, a knife. And then I point it out to them and I detain them. That feels good. That felt really good. And I that like made me smile. And I was like, yes. But the moments where I got or my, my thing, you know, like I got citations and stuff like that. It just like it pained me so hard that I don't know if it's fun or not because of that. Because is the does the fun come from the reward? of you know being like oh i found this i found this little thing that i wouldn't have found earlier or like something like that where you feel smart for pointing these things out or is that just because you feel like okay i figured it out so i can progress the story because that's the part that i'm enjoying um i think that's my best evaluation of the game uh don't quote me on any of this i would <laughs> i like this game a lot i think that it's really 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 good and uh, it's been a game that's been in my list of like games I want to complete for a really long time. And uh, I, I love this game for a lot of reasons, but like without a lot of the elements that they give you, I just don't think it stands up for like gameplay wise. I, I, I think that's really interesting. I think you had a lot of good points. I would have maybe a slightly different evaluation of it than you do. Sure. Um, Which is good. I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it's pretty obvious the game is going for a, a point here, right? It's, it's not like, it's, it's not like a Mario. You're not going to pick it up just to have fun and fuck around with it for a while. Yeah. Uh, the game is trying to make you consider these issues. It's trying to make you think about, you know, this, like like we said, everything we've talked about is trying to make you think about your sense of justice and racism, poli you know, politics and, you know, the mind-numbing work. And I think there's an interesting discussion that we had, which we don't have time for, for, like, whether or not the majority of people make the people like that have nothing to say, make the people who do have something to say stand out that much more. Or, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a whole lot of interesting things to be dissected in this game. And I think when it, when you're considering whether or not it lands on those notes where it's trying to make you feel those certain things, I think the game does a fantastic, phenomenal job of that. I, I question those. It's, it's sort of rare for me to walk away from a game going like, mm, it was that like, did I do something wrong? Is mm -hmm. like, would I have done that in that position? It's usually pretty easy for me to put myself in that position. This game does a really good job of um, making that that distinction a little harder to understand. That being said, I do not think it was a fun game, and I actively disliked playing it. I We would start <laughs> it, and I knew I needed to finish it for this podcast, but by day two, I would be checking the clock to see if, hmm, do you think I've played enough today so I can <laughs> stop? Because this game in a very visceral way, stressed me out. Oh, yeah. When, 
Yeah. The clock is ticking, and you've got all these pressures going, and you're looking through documents. I remember going like, mm, all right, all right, all right. I think this guy's good. I'm going to stamp it green. And then that thing would pop up, and I would literally scream and throw my hands up and go, come on, <laughs> fuck you, game. This sucks. And then the next person would come in because that's just what had to happen, and you would get right back to it. And the day would end, and I wouldn't want to push the button to start the next day because I was having – almost zero fun with it uh but you like dark souls right like but yes here's the thing is didn't don't you because when i i play i played bloodborne i haven't really played many of the mm. dark souls games and i got the same stress feeling from this game as that game it's a totally different stress don't get me wrong <laughs> hugely different stress but i got so mad when i died and i had that you know that throw your arms up and go come on like that kind mm. of shit but you still like that game, though. I think, well, first off, I think that's a really good point. Uh, something that maybe we could spend another, like, 45 minutes talking about. But yeah. <laughs> I, I think the difference is um, the minute-to-minute -minute in Dark Souls. Like, you get, the reason I get angry with Dark Souls is because it's difficult. And mm -hmm. uh, you, you feel a lot like the game is fucking you. Like, oh, come on, that's totally unfair. That, like, that's bullshit. It shouldn't have been designed that way. <laughs> Talking about Dark Souls, not Papers, Please. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> also, Dark, like, everything in Dark Souls is just, it's a slow build. You're learning to get better. You're learning to play better. You're learning to overcome these challenges. And you get that reward that you were talking about. Uh, much the same way that you do in Papers, Please, where you get better and better at looking for yeah. documents and you remember more and more things. The difference is... Um, the minute-to-minute minute of Dark Souls is fun. The combat is fluid. It yeah. feels good. You get to move around. It, it feels rewarding no matter what you're doing. And you get this progression. You get better as the game gets harder. You don't get nothing as the game gets more difficult. Mm -hmm. um, like you do in Papers, Please. There's some upgrades, but they're pretty small. Um, so although I had the same negative reactions to both games... In Papers, Please, it was, I'm not enjoying this, to, I'm really mad in Dark Souls. <laughs> it's, I'm enjoying this a lot, this is really tense, but it's fun, <laughs> fuck, I died, let's get back into it. Yeah. Papers, Please was, fuck, uh, there goes $5, fuck, there goes $10, alright, now I can't adopt my niece, I don't want to play this game anymore. I want to <laughs> just turn this game off. <laughs> that being said, uh, I think it's totally worth playing for a little bit. <laughs> um, I... <laughs> you can't save it from there, man. You, I wouldn't. You I, wouldn't I wouldn't recommend everyone play this. If you are the type of person who likes to consider those sort of questions, though, I think this is a good game to play. It's one of those things where there's, you know, there are works of you know nonfiction and fiction that I don't necessarily like to read, but I think make me a better person for reading them. It's that to a much smaller extent. Like, you're not necessarily going to love playing this game, but I think it does make you question things in an interesting enough way that if you can handle that, if you're into that sort of self-hatred, yeah. um, <laughs> it's maybe worth checking out. I also, I was not nearly as compelled as, as you were by the story, I think because I just blatantly ignored Ezek. I was interested, mm -hmm. but not really interested until about day 20. Yeah. So I, a lot of that was just slogging through because, you know, dealing with this. Like, I was interested in the small stories, not the overarching story. Mm -hmm. What that, a 180 twist, man. Right? I kind of want to... Hmm. So here's the thing that I want to kind of, like... I do think that it comes down to personality. 
I think that this game is niche. Like it's it's only for like a couple people. Like you said, it's not a Mario. It's not a. It's not a. It's not even like a. <laughs> it's not even like a Life is Strange where I think everybody could enjoy Life is Strange. But I don't Me think too. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think everybody can enjoy Papers, Please. You know what I mean? I don't think it's a game that. I think it's for very set specific people, and I think it's a game that you could set someone down in front of and be like, check out how cool this is. But like by like day ten, I kind of feel like it's like, all right, I like you know, I get the mechanics, I get what's going on here, and like the story is the only thing that can draw you through the frustrations. Yeah, I think the game. I, I think you're right. The game was not necessarily. You you get it. You get it by like day seven, day ten. You mm-hmm. you understand that everything the game is trying to do. It continues to build on that, but it's it's something that if it were like a free demo of the first five days, I would recommend everybody play that. There's yeah. I can think of maybe like two or three people in my friend group that I would recommend this game to. Everyone else, I would say mm, you probably won't enjoy it. You probably won't get through day two. Yeah. So I think that's kind of why it's good for this podcast because it's kind of like hey. You know, this this game was, like, super um, super hard to play through because I had a very difficult time, like, beating it. Like, I did have that same stress where it's like, oh, I don't want to play the next day. I don't want to play it. <laughs> but I kind of like that. I kind of mm. like that, like, that, like, powering through because I think it reflects really, really, really well on what's going on in the story. You and the inspector, like, the, the checkpoint inspector, are probably feeling almost one-to-one the same thing. I don't want to go to work tomorrow. I don't want to play another day of this game. <laughs> it's really deep. That's interesting. Yeah. I think I think this game is an experience. It's not a game. Even though it is a video game. Like, it's totally a video game. But it's definitely, like, an experience. Yeah. I think that's that's pretty accurate. That's a good way to sum it up. Yeah. I would say so, too. Um, well, I think that'll probably do it. Unless you have anything super pressing you wanted to add. I have like a hundred other things, but, but well, me too. But like, super think, <laughs> for the sake of for the sake of you, yeah, let's 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 cut this shit off. Yeah, I we're we're not gonna repeat the mistakes of Oxenfree. So, um, yeah, that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, I I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of go over everything again, Papers Please was the name of the game, uh, developed by Lucas Pope under the name Three Nine O Nine. I guess is the pseudonym. Um, you can check it out on Steam. It's on you know Linux, iOS, um, also on the Vita. It's about ten dollars roughly. Came out roughly three years ago or so. Um, mm-hmm. So next week or two weeks from now, two weeks we do this bi-weekly. I said it in the intro. Uh, we're going to be playing episode one of a game called The Fall. We did not prep. Take a the role thing about of the fall. Arid, the artificial <laughs> intelligence God. within a high tech combat suit. The Fall is a unique combination of adventure game puzzle solving and side scroller action, all set within a dark and atmospheric story. Get ready for a disturbing journey as you explore the world of the Fall. There we go. It's, it's on exciting. Steam. You can you can buy it and check it out with us. <laughs> play along it'll be fun uh, i'm pretty excited about this one i've wanted to play this game for a while uh, I, I know a little bit about it going in but not a ton uh, it's it's gonna be hopefully pretty fun i i hope the three episodes only one of them being out format doesn't burn us on a super huge cliffhanger <laughs> nope we'll try our best yeah it'll be great um so yeah until next week uh, i'm alex i'm duncan 
And, and that's our closer. And We're done here, guys. business with us. Oh. oh. We still got to workshop that bullshit. <laughs>